Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Brendan Miller. Brendan Miller leads global product marketing and research programs at Rapid, a Series D global fintech. Prior to Rapid, Brendan co-led Forrester's global research on digital commerce and payment strategies. He has spent 20 years as a B2C and a B2B marketer, spanning technology, services, retail, CPG, and durable goods, including stints at payment firms such as First Data, Mercury, and Vantive. Brendan's research and work have been widely cited in publications including the New York Times, USA Today, Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Barron's, as well as NPR and the Financial Times. Well, good afternoon, Brendan. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I appreciate you jumping on and we're going to get right into the questions. We've got some great questions here for you today. So, Brendan, let's talk about your career. You know, you've got quite the career. You've done marketing, digital product. Now you're the head of global product marketing at Rapid. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Yeah, I think uh, just what inspires me is coming to work every day at a a global startup and there's just a diversity of cultures and thought and ideas. And I work with employees on every edge of the, of the planet and every continent. And I think uh, coming, coming to work every morning and working with that kind of diverse ideas and thought is, is something that, you know, really gets me out of bed in the morning. And I think anytime you're working at a startup, Brian, uh, you find yourself just doing more than, than what your title says. And so I've had this tremendous opportunity to continue to grow and way beyond product marketing is what my title says. And early on in my career, I think I realized necessarily always be the smartest person in the room or in your 20s when you're starting out, you're never the most experienced person in the room. And, and so I was early on, I was looking in my career and saying, you know, where, where can I, where's the playing field? Where can I, how can I be different and be still a great resource to my, my company and my manager? And I really enjoyed this process of gleaning insights and understanding customers and understanding the market. And I learned early on that I could be the most insightful person in the room and that would make me valuable. And so I think I've done that in multiple different ways, but one of the, one of the areas that I realized I was a great collaborator and every organization has these massive silos, even small organizations do. And so I, I learned I could collaborate with adjacent teams better than most, most people. And so as a marketer, those adjacent teams tend to be product and they tend to be sales and it was always my goal to understand the product just as well as the product manager, if I could, and be able to do sales or talk to, present the sales pitch just as well as a salesperson, if I could. And that helped me build credibility with those adjacent teams, made me a better marketer. And just overall, from a customer insights perspective, there's just a, in most companies, there's just a, I'll call it a desert of, of insights and understanding of, of the customer. And so I could fill that void by understanding the market dynamics, understanding the market scape, what's what's driving customers, why customers are working with us, all those types of things. And it's just something that became very valuable and something that I enjoyed doing. And ultimately it led me to being a Forrester analyst. I was never, you know, was expecting to become a Forrester analyst, but I spent four years there getting paid to essentially look at research and do research and present insights to their, their customers, their clients. And it's something that you know, I really enjoy it. And so it's something that I can kind of continue on in my career and found it very beneficial. Brendan, thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate that and very insightful for sure. I love to hear unique stories of how people traversed in their career and found found their why or, or found a way that worked best for them to yeah. uh, build teams. So thank you. So we're going to talk a little bit more here now 
you know, this pandemic, right? So tell us about the changes you've seen in e-commerce and payments as a result of the pandemic. Do you anticipate any of these changes becoming the norm from now on? Uh, yeah, I do. I think, you know, one of the things I've really noticed is that there's been a lot of sensationalization around e-commerce and payments, over sensationalization, I should say, around uh, things that are happening. I've heard pundits say things like e-commerce penetration has accelerated five years and five months due to the pandemic. And it's not really true. We have seen e-commerce tick up over the last year or so, of course, and actually it sort of ticked down a little bit towards the end of 2020. So it, it has grown, obviously, and it will continue to grow, but it, we haven't seen this just five-year acceleration like, like a lot of people have said. You know, I think we've heard things like uh, stores are dead or malls are dead. And I think the reality is people are really itching to get back and start having experiences again, real life experiences. And one of those experiences will be retail therapy, I think. And I think we're about to enter this, this era of you only live once economy, YOLO economy, and people are going to be trying to make up for lost time. And I think in-person experiences uh, will be probably one of the things that you'll see post-pandemic that will really take off. We've heard things like cash is dead, which is in some cases, cash is decreasing uh, as a transaction method in certain sectors and certain verticals, but actually cash is growing in circulation in the US and in many markets around the world, it is still the dominant payment method and probably will continue to be the dominant payment method for, for some time. I think you know there, there are some things that, that have changed because of the pandemic. You know, Companies that were diligent about their digital transformation over the last 10 years suffered the least. Companies that built that digital muscle were able to be agile, to, to adapt quicker. And I think just because the pandemic will end, that disruption doesn't mean that disruption that these companies are facing will end. And so I think it's very possible that 20% of Fortune 500 companies that we know today won't exist in three to five years because of this disruption that's just going to continue. And, you know, to answer your question, Brian, I think, you know, consumers did pick up a lot of habits during the digital habits during the pandemic. Buy online, pick up in store uh, is one that I think will continue. We're seeing consumers order more necessities through e-commerce channels. So a good example of that is grocery or food delivery. And so that trend sort of expanded to different generations. My parents, for instance, are now ordering groceries online. And I think that will continue to a certain degree. Speed of delivery will continue to be an important decision factor. And I think that you'll see a lot of innovation around that last mile of delivery. And you know, finally, I would say usage of digital wallets for in-store purchases has finally taken hold. In payments, we've been talking about digital wallets for 10 years now, 10 plus years. And I think finally, at the point of sale, consumers are starting to use contactless payments and digital wallets. And I think this will even lead to more transformation, actually. I think you'll see more retailers converting to uh, what I call just walkout technology, uh, much like Amazon Go. So I think you'll see more retailers um, looking at that technology going forward. Great. I appreciate uh, your insight and experience around the pandemic and the uh, ebb and flow of e-commerce. So Brennan, let's talk a little bit about a question here. It's, it's really a two-part question. In an increasingly crowded space, what makes Rapid as a brand stand out and what would you recommend to other marketers looking to carve out a space for themselves? Yeah, I think, you know, I like to say rapid is the fastest way for any business to create fintech and payment experiences to grow or do business worldwide. And if you think about the payment space in particular, the last 20 years was really about 
companies, payment companies integrating into software, uh, embedding payments into commerce experiences, uh, embedding into software. And the next 20 years, I think, will really be about integrating what I call fintech into commerce. And there's a trend or a term called embedded fintech. And you'll, you see this talked a lot about in the fintech space. And this is, it goes beyond payments, right? It, it's more fintech services being embedded into commerce experiences or software. And I think, you know, from a pure brand perspective, I think that's what, you know, Rapid is at the heart of that. And we have this bold, audacious vision to really unite the world of payments into this global network with, with an API first approach. And it's really a trillion dollar, multi-trillion dollar opportunity. And what, what makes, makes Rapid different is from our competitors is, is a lot of competitors focus on cards and that's where they got their start. And Rapid started sort of on, on the other end of the spectrum. We started thinking about all the other payment methods that were out there and cards are important. We actually process cards and, and cards are important in North America and, and much of Europe, but really only account for less than 50% of the transaction volume that's out there. Consumers around the world are using e-wallets, bank transfers, and, and yeah, even cash uh, as a payment method, even for e-commerce transactions. And you know, I think you could say, well, those markets are those you know, 50 plus percent of, the, of those consumers that are transacting, eventually they'll convert to cards and the world will be using cards. But there's lots of reasons why I think companies will not, or sorry, consumers will not be using cards. It's just really an outdated payment method if you think about it, Brian. If, if I just want to send you a payment, I want to send that straight out of my bank account into your bank account and I should be able to do it like I send an email and it should all happen instantly. And the reality of the matter is you can do that today in India. A consumer can use their mobile device and send money right out of their bank account instantly to another uh, consumer. But for, for us in the US, that's it's not an easy proposition. So I think uh, there's a ton of opportunity in the payments and fintech space. Rapid is one of those players. Uh, we have this glo very global approach, which makes us different. And um, you know, being able to connect hundreds of different payment methods and help companies manage their funds flow globally. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that, Brennan. Uh, it is very complex and you shed a little bit of light on that. So thank you. And last question here, Brennan, as we wrap up, what challenges do businesses face looking to grow into new markets and how does your company address them? Yeah, the, the challenge is, it, it's, it's uh, kind of funny, that as you grow globally as a company, you also must become more locally relevant as well at the same time. And every market has regionalized payment methods, local standards, currency risk, new regulations. And it's really costly and confusing for companies to, to think and grow globally because they have to think locally at the same time, market by market. And it's expensive to integrate individual payment methods. There's a lot of gateways out there, but those are very focused uh, regionally. And so you still have to integrate to them uh, on a regional basis. Uh, there's we find that even local payment preferences can be fickle. And so you could spend months integrating just one payment method only to find out that uh, consumers' preferences change in that market for whatever reason, and it's no longer relevant. In many markets around the world, you have to have a local entity and you have to go set up that local entity within the country to process payments. There's things like FX and, and risk and all of these things. And so if companies really wanna do this, before Rapid, their only option was to build this sort of massive in infrastructure to go do it, do these integrations, build back office functions. And, and, and so Rapid, you know, our value proposition is really to, to do that heavy lifting for you. So you don't have to 
build that infrastructure so you can be more agile, more adaptive globally. And you know, rapid you know helps companies grow new markets, convert more shoppers, uh, grow basket size because and grow essentially grow loyalty because this is the way consumers want to pay and get paid in these local markets around the world. And so we can help companies do that. That's awesome. Brennan, I appreciate the share. And you and your company is contributing to a more innovative workplace. So I appreciate, again, the insights on that. Our global audience will as well. And Brennan, it was a pleasure having you on today. I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Thanks, Brian. Bye for now. 